Evening, fellow Gooners, to another episode of the Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mona, as always, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Another three points, and another three points closer to the top of the table. As we march on. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on the Newcastle game being in mind it was at St. James's Park, a place we lost last season after being one up. Any anything that you can add and anything that we did differently from last season? I just think um you know, if I think both teams were very cautious going into the first half, especially. You know, both teams just feeling each other out because I think for most parts of the game that that first period Newcastle were just, you know, almost like venture getting, uh, being allowed to like venture as far forward as as they can. And I mean, it's, it's it also brought up that topic that you and I talked about, I think, last week about how we the slow start is always kind of catching up to us because you know being on the back foot and because uh, you know Newcastle were just throwing bodies forward at, at one point, and it's almost like we were just having to weather the storm because uh, none of us could really get a foot on the ball in the squad. So, But then I think things also, you know, I think uh, that halftime also couldn't have come sooner because you could see immediately when that second half started and, and, and Emery did that change, immediately you see that, that Torreira factor when he came on because it was almost like a case of he could now sit back, patrol, you know, break up play, do that bit. But also, then it, it gave Xhaka that freedom to go forward. Because, you know, I've been also always highly critical of him, of, of Xhaka. But, you know, seeing him now playing uh, with uh, Torreira, shielding the, the defense, it, it, I don't know, one actually feels a bit more confident now in, in Xhaka's play because he's not going for it. And he, you can see when he plays like it, he's not what Wenger tried doing with him and, you know, creating like the stepper. Holding mid or box to box type of guy. He's somebody that likes floating around in that that final third in a way. You, you know, he will track back a bit in the middle of the park to win you a tackle or two, and then you, you know you'll see him venture forward again. And I think that's what also helped a hell of a lot on 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 the, the match. I think it, it it comes to a a thing of when Bengals do that kind of that was it square pegs into round holes, trying to yeah. almost force a player into playing a position. Kind of like when you play those video games, Play Evolution comes to mind where you kind of force a player to play in a position and eventually he becomes used to it. But I mean, we're dealing with professional footballers here that can't always, you know, if you, they can't, like if you tell someone to automatically sit and he's not a national sitter, he's never gonna, gonna um, do his job well. He's always gonna have that lapse of concentration He's always going to put that rash tackle in. And like you said, Torreira made a massive difference when coming on. And he, I think, I mean, he did that against Cardiff as well. Even even when he came on, he's a bit of cameos. Yes, he gave the ball away against Chelsea with a loose pass. But I think other than that, I, I actually hope he starts. And he probably will get a start tonight. But in the Premier League, I actually hope he starts soon. Mm. You know, I'm just uh, okay. I don't want to jump the gun also because I still want to talk about the the Forskla game later on. But uh, 
just going back to the Newcastle game, I mean, one thing I also enjoyed a lot was, you know, seeing Ozil playing in a sort of free roam role where you don't need him really to, you know, sometimes maybe to double up just to, to slow down an opponent. But for me, when you saw him floating in and around that, that, that uh, you know, the, the edge of the box of, of um, Newcastle and then also floating around in the middle of the park, that, you know, then you can see that type of, you know, uh, you get that, that slight glimpse of, what the like what Germany normally used to get from him and what even Real Madrid used to get from him, where you can see, you know, since you're not giving him that that sort of, uh, you know, the job of you're going to have to defend for the whole game or something like that, whereas now he can, you know, he plays the future. You know, he does a little pass and move, pass and move, and, and you just see him floating all around. And, and after a while, you can see afterwards Newcastle, some of the players in midfield did not know whether to pick him up or just to let him go. And I mean, he was actually causing a, a lot of damage then in that, in that second half where he was not getting to thread that ball through it. I, I mean, it might look simple, but I mean, Ozil was picking all the little gaps that Newcastle were trying to compress. I, I think, like you said, we, we needed that kind of, you know, that midfield support behind Ozil almost where, I know we always joke about the way as like a protector, almost like no one mm. get like close to him and Everybody will clean up his mess and give him the ball. I know at this moment in time, we're a club that doesn't have that, or we can't afford that luxury to have a player that can drift in and out of games. But I think if we maybe uh, make the midfield a bit tougher, uh, like with the Torreira and Xhaka, or like just that tough tackling midfielders, then I think Uzzel can we can get a bit more out of Mesut Ozil, if he's not going to have to track back too much. That being said, I'm not always a fan of a number 10 not getting stuck in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, especially if you, if you watch people, you know, like Hazard and them that, you know, get stuck in, you know, bloody ankles bursting through, uh, you know, opposing midfielders or, or dancing around centre-backs. And that that is the sort of, you know, I think we will probably always hope for something like that. But I mean, look, we've got Ozil and we have to just adapt also in that way. Uh, I just hope uh, that we kind of can get more out of Mkhitaryan as well. Because I think uh, I expected, like, he started off well, but I don't know. I, I can't see him fitting into the team with Lacazette and Aubameyang at the moment as well. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned that I was watching him like the last two or three games. You know, he has not played. I don't know because there was one game also he did not come on at all. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It sounds like he's getting that, that sort of form that got the United fans on his back. You know, he's not really pushing himself to... I mean, look, we saw that first few months of him at Arsenal after that Sanchez swap deal took place. Yeah. He was giving his all, passing a gut. And, and I don't know, it's almost like he just can't come to the pace of things at the moment. I mean... You can see Emery is not trying to uh, shift him in again because I think he got probably pulled from the squad completely for, you know, not really in certain games. And and I think that this was almost like a wake-up call for him. So, I mean, I just hope he does, you know, heed that Emery warning and, you know, gives his all now. Because, look, look, he is one hell of a talented player. I mean, from his Dortmund days yeah. and even that, 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 when he made his name there, also at Shakhtar. He is like a very tricky player, you know. He can mesmerize people with that left foot, right foot passing, and that. But I mean, he really needs to, you know, pull his finger out and and you know, 
crank it out now. Because look, we're going to have now also that run where I told you last week of the four game, uh, four home games. So the we got the momentum going for us now. We got the crowd also going. So I mean, you know, let us clock up all these points now we can, and with that Carabao game, let's get also through that uh, that round. Also. Yeah, going back to the Qatar, I mean, he showed glimpses of it, you know, like you said in the start of when he came, and as well, like even that goal against Chelsea, it was it was a very well taken goal. I just at um, at the moment now, um, I struggle to see where he would put in the squad, especially with Lacazette and Aubameyang. And I did an article as well where, like, I don't want to jump the gun, but they compare them very much to a lot of, you know, striking duos of, of in the past, like the Andy Cole, Dwight York, yep. and the, who else was there? It was the Black one, it was Sutton, and who was the other guy? The Shearer and Sutton. Shearer, yeah, uh, S&S. Yeah, so I know it's still far-fetched to compare them to, to, to those um, people. They all won titles, but it seems like they have this camaraderie off and on the field, which seems to be benefiting the team and also both of their playing styles. And I mean, also, uh, like a big up also to somebody like Iwobi, who's at the moment also got that slot, you know, that of Vegetarian. Because, I mean, he is, you know, look, he might not have the, I think he still struggles in a way with, you know, finishing a game. Because you can see, yeah, he, he actually runs himself flat by the hour mark or something like that. So he actually needs to also, you know, work on it. But, I mean, that's off to the guy. I mean, he's now also getting himself into contention. So it's almost like they are scrapping for one open spot in the team. And and I must admit, I think that was you know, maybe the first podcast we made where I was, wasn't too happy the fact that Iwobi signed a new contact. I didn't think he would add much to the team. But, um, Looking at him now, his performances, the, the shift he put in, the shifts he's been putting in, like I'm actually happy he signed. And I mean, if he can just take this form going forward, he can be a very good player to have in the squad, especially with all these games in the Europa League and Carabao Cup. I think he can maybe be like a, a key starter in all of those games. And I mean, you can also have youngsters, you know, look up to him to see, okay, I want to be like this guy now. He came through from the, the, you know, the youth ranks and look where he's playing now. And also another thing I wanted to add was, I think that his work rate is also pushed by Emery. Because I think yeah. Emery has probably picked up, up on that already, probably pre-season or, and stuff like that. But he, you know, he's probably not... Because I think that that is why we are seeing that sort of Iwobi form now. Because it's like he knows this guy can see, you know, when he pushes himself to the limit, he gets, you know, the praise and that. And, you know, you can't really slack off because there are so, like, there's not people queuing in line to get into that slot. Yeah, and I, I think Xhaka also maybe stepped up. Like, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but with Torreira there, I think he, he, may, he may feel a bit, I can say, more free to play his game. Mm. But I don't think in Switzerland he has that holding. I think another guy plays next to him and does that dirty work as well. So, And I think uh, also, like, if you think of Quindosi, of, uh, that is also like, you know, I think it's those games have now also finally caught up to him. So, you know, he needs also, you know, a type of break now. Yeah. I I definitely uh, agree with that. And, what and uh, add, well, uh, the, now the disappointing thing 
come into the game was not keeping a clean sheet. Mm, yeah. I also I'm, I'm very old fashioned with that. So I'll take sometimes a a, a few one nil wins over you know that massive four nil four one five nil like just sometimes it's nice to just see your defense also getting um, confidence, starting to build as a unit, being tougher to to be tougher to score against. Yeah, because I mean, for me, it, it, you know, if you you look at it going and it, it frustrates me because it, it was like a cheap goal to concede. Cross it came in, and I mean, Mustafi got totally under the ball. Yeah, and I mean, it got perfectly to uh, I forgot the guy that scored now, but then I thought to myself, okay, that's one of those things, but it, it's annoying because I mean, you don't want to, you actually want to stop. Because I mean, that was another that we a moment like momentum can build with it when the defense are thinking. Look, let's have a couple of shutouts. Let's have the, these clean sheets. They build on upon that as well. But uh, it's like I don't know. There's, there's always that, that slack of moments mentally. I think where they switch off completely. But yeah, we've, we 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 seem to iron out certain things. I mean, we've we're starting to actually iron out these little things that that's been costing us in the past. I mean, the the like you said, like you mentioned in a private message, it's a game as well we could have lost last season. And another thing, after playing Chelsea and and Man City, it wasn't the most settling of ga- easy games to to get through. And I think the team are slowly now starting to settle in the Emre way, slowly but surely. And I also think uh, that's why we also got the. Somebody like Alan Shearer was always highly, highly critical of us. And I mean, it, it was a, a 2-1 win, but, you know, he gave us credit to the, for that game, the way we performed. Because he said, you know, if that was an Arsenal of last season, like the, like the squad, or mentally, they would have probably lost there, or even lost away from that when it was 2-1. He said then they would probably also, you know, just folded after that. And Newcastle could have probably steamrolled us at that last few minutes. Yeah, so, so there's definitely a lot of positives coming. And I mean, it's good that us as fans can start seeing something like that. I know we're not entirely happy yet. And we're never going to have the finished article overnight as a team. But the fact that we are slight improvement showing that we are heading in the right direction. Yeah. So, okay, we wrap up on that now. So we're going to talk now about uh, tonight's um, Europa League game against Forskla. From the Ukrainian league, probably the I think I believe yeah, it's the first time they meet each other in on any form of, of football. So you know it's going to be a probably not a really open game because from what I read up on Forskla, they are at the moment they fifth in the Ukrainian league and I think they played eight games so far, played four, lost four. And they're kind of goal shy, so you know I expect a full-on attack from Arsenal tonight. Uh, probably all the, you know, reserves. And I'm not trying, not saying it with disrespect, because I mean we've got now quality reserves. So, you know, expect to see somebody like Leno and and Lichtsteiner holding people like that. Uh, the only question I think there was was on the left back situation because we've got. So yeah, Kolasinac still out with that uh, problem with the ankle. Yeah, 
and we still uh, got Ainsley Maitland-Niles out. I think but, um, he started running already, so he should be also ready sometime in October. So there's not char- there was talk of Nacho either getting a break tonight and one of the players that Emery has now promoted to come into the first team setup is a left-back. <laughs> His name slips, slips in my mind because he's like, you know, very new on the scene. Yes. So, I mean, it could be a possibility where that kid could get a, a chance tonight or if Nacho plays, Nacho will probably, you know, play maybe one off and then the kid gets out off. I, I think it's important for the guys getting a, an opportunity tonight to to put up their hand and, and show that they can add something to at the, our starting eleven at the moment. Because it seems like Emre is a very fair guy. Like, if you perform... He will stick you into the squad, which I don't think, like, I think I mentioned previously, Wenger would do before because if you played well, he would just go back to the starting 11. So I think it's a good opportunity for everybody to show what they've got. And who knows, maybe one of them can even steal a place in the starting 11 because I do feel Torreira will definitely start tonight. And I think if he gets that start and makes a good impression, he could be very well starting his Everton the weekend. I think, you know, with, with regards to Emery, I think he will give give the youth also where he can a chance because uh, from what I recall of, I think, last season, he was also giving that uh, son of George Weyer, I think his name is Timothy Weyer, that's at PSG. He was giving him, you know, also a run up front to play alongside the likes of Mbappe and Neymar or Cavani and them. So he, you know, he, he was a fair guy, and I mean, he was also, you know, blooding some of the young, uh, young defenders of PSG also into the, the first team setup. And I mean, when they have a young stand, one of the, the, the seasoned pros next to them, it kind of rubs off on that kid, and normally that works out when he, you know, when he use them like that. So I think he's probably going to do the same type of setup at Arsenal now as well. So it's not going to be too drastic, you know, where we used to. Everybody's always shocked on Twitter or yeah. whatever that so many drastic changes in the squad. I, I see they as a later poster on my way driving to work today where they actually called Emre the king of the Europa League. So hopefully uh, he can take the reputation and we can get a good result tonight, actually. Because, mm. um, I mean, I, my personal opinion is, I mean, I'm actually looking for something like anything from four-plus goals tonight. I mean, I'm, I know I'm getting a bit greedy, but I just think with that sort of firepower power that we do have, we should, you know, take advantage of it. Because, look, that team is also going to be very cautious. They're not, you know, for them, it's also a, an experience to play a, like a top European club. So I think they will be, you know, cautious. Maybe try, you know, either counter-punching us and stuff like that. But I think it should be... a Standard game for Arsenal. So, so, so if you are a betting man, your money would go to Arsenal tonight. With a four-plus goal, you know that. Yeah. The odds when you put the goals in, yeah, I think it's probably a four. That's, four goals. I think it's a it's a good it's a good way also for Arsenal to get confidence. I mean, a nice four-nil win or five-nil win, clean sheet, defense happy, everybody's happy, confidence all around and. Then we take on a tough game against Everton, which I think is going to be not easy. They'll probably want to bounce back from West Ham as well. So, 
Yeah, see, that's also an unpredictable factor because you also don't know what sort of Everton you're going to face at the moment because, you know, look, they've also now spent big in the summer and I mean really big. And them and along with West Ham, that is not really you know, paid off the way people have been hyping it all up. You know, when, when all these new faces came in in the summer now. I, I mean, I was really thinking they're going to storm up, you know, the, the table. But I mean, I've not seen that really from Everton, so I don't know. And I mean, people like Jordan Pickford also showing now vulnerabilities and stuff in goal. So that could have... And I mean, with our own crowd, I just hope that also could swing our way now. And like you said, taking advantage of the fact that we almost have four home games on the trot, I think we need to take a take very full full advantage of that. And one yeah. thing, um, I know it was only one game, but I watched the Liverpool PSG game and I wasn't really impressed, really impressed the way PSG was playing. I know it's only a one-off game, but I think Emre actually could have made a, a slight difference to the team because when I watched him play with Emre, I, I saw actually a, a more threatening team than I saw under Tuchel. So, I think Emre can get us playing well and my doubts are slowly starting to fade away because I, initially I wasn't the biggest fan of actually having him as the coach at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I was always, I think I was always open to it. I mean, look, we were linked with so many people. I just, I just thought Arteta was too big of a risk. I mean, I know, yes, he's with a successful manager and that, but I just think if you're putting something, like, you know, putting in a teenager's end, something like that, like that, because he's not really seasoned in that. He's still learning the ropes. I mean, I've always for Arteta, but... I just think the Arsenal thing was too big for him at the moment, at that time. And as for the other managers who were linked to, Allegri would yeah, have been he, my he first choice. Yes. And then, just like I mean, I, I think under, with, with the top five, you know, with the top five managers, I was actually thinking, like, well, for the Arsenal job, I was thinking, okay. Uh, someone like Emery would have probably been my fourth or fifth choice. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.